Now is as good a time as ever to finally put all of this ridiculousness to bed. Just the other day was the one-year anniversary of James Gunn and Peter Safran being announced as the heads of DC Studios and going and the ones who are going to create and push forward new DC content for Warner Brothers. And in my opinion, it was a bit shocking. Not going to lie. No one really saw James Gunn coming in to do this. Uh, there was Justin Lin, who was the one being talked about for weeks prior, but things fell through with that, I guess, or it just wasn't meant to be, and we got James Gunn. The problem is, a lot of people, since that day, have been finding any and every reason to criticize James Gunn and to make it like he's not fit for the role or make it like he is some terrible human being and that we should not respect and allow him the artistic integrity to create in the DC world. So this, there's a few posts on Twitter I want to talk about here. This first one is, you know, one take news. One year ago, James Gunn, Peter Safran were announced as the new CEOs, co-CEOs of DC Studios. After years of mediocrity, shifting leadership's failed, failed attempts at a cinematic universe and no stability, the duo will do a 180 and turn DC back into the juggernaut it once was. And I agree. I truly agree with this, this take right here. And then you have BSL, big screen leaks. This says, it says this, came out, this news came out of left field and shocked everyone. This was such a good day to be a comic book fan. Gun doesn't miss. Again, which gets back to the point of why do people constantly, constantly want to rag on James Gunn when his past when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy and Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad he doesn't miss the, everything that he's made in the comic book realm has been good to really good so again I agree with this but this is where things start to to get a little interesting here you have Alexander the goat at OG Steppenwolf goes except for when he fired Cavill, lied about Affleck, lied about Godot, couldn't even do a full reboot properly, gave in to nepotism, had four DC films flop under his management, and notes, had his Guardians of the One, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 writer's exploitation exposed, oh, and the posted pedo content. All right, so the pedo stuff, I'm going to say one thing about that before we move on. He's already come out and spoken on that about how he was trying to be edgy, how he was trying to be funny on social media in a day and age where everybody was trying to be edgy and funny on social media. Did he take it a little far? Absolutely. But people often take things too far. I've taken things too far on social media trying to be funny, and I've had to deal with consequences in it in the past. Everybody does it. So the fact that you want to sit there and call him a pedo, you know, people try to say that it's not true. There's no, there is no evidence that states that he's a pedophile. So that right there, we're going to throw out the window. It's been handled. It's been talked about. He's apologized. All of that is done, gone and over with from more than 10 years ago. But what I want to focus on are all these lies that fans try to push to embolden their narrative that he's such a terrible person. So let's take a look at what I have to say in response to all of this. So the fired Cavill aspect. People want to sit there and say that he fired Henry Cavill from Superman. Well, Henry Cavill was not hired at the time. So the blame for Henry Cavill 
no longer being Superman does not fall on James Gunn. James Gunn was hired. He was hired to write a new Superman movie without Cavill originally. That was the what he was hired for originally. He wanted to then, when he became DC Studios head, he wanted to utilize that script. Why would he go back to the drawing board and rewrite and redo everything? At that point, he's going to utilize the script that he was originally hired to use. With that, he wants to build a DC franchise that, you know, maybe the core players are a little younger and have a little more longevity in time that they can be in the role. So I don't blame James Gunn for getting rid of Henry Cavill. There's no reason to do that. You see, the problem that happened with Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill coming out and announcing on Instagram that he is back, that falls on Abney, Abdi, Abney, I don't know how you say, say her name, and DeLuca, Pab Abney and DeLuca. I think it's Mike DeLuca. I don't know. Regardless, it falls on those two more than anything else. They were going behind other executives at Warner Brothers, along with Dwayne Johnson, and trying to build and boost up Black Adam. They wanted to take control of DC and, and basically build their franchise alongside Dwayne Johnson. They essentially wanted to get the jobs that Gunn and Saffron have gotten. <clears throat> so they were trying to do anything they could to build excitement with the fan base so they could push forward with this. The only problem is it backfired. Look, people were excited when Henry Cavill showed up at the end of Black Adam until it wasn't their Superman. It wasn't the Superman that so many people were claiming that they wanted to see back, which was the Zack Snyder's. Or they, they weren't even claiming that they wanted. They, all they were saying is they wanted Henry Cavill back. But what they really wanted was Zack Snyder's Superman back. And they didn't give it to him in Black Adam. And people got pissed off and were pushing back. Well, then when Henry Cavill came out and said, hey, I'm back, people kind of, yeah, they, they, they let back a little bit on the, the being angry that it wasn't Snyder's Superman. But the hype wasn't there like it should have been. And that showed Warner Brothers. And that showed everybody, like, that's not the direction we need to go in. We need to separate ourselves from the past that has failed. Yes, there are some great aspects of it. People loved Cavill as Superman back in 2013 and 2016. But since then, since then, we didn't really have anything. Uh, except for Justice League. So, when you get down to it, you can't blame Cavill. You can't blame not Cavill. You can't blame Gunn for Cavill not being back because Gunn wrote a script without a brand new Superman without Cavill as Superman. He was then hired to come in and change the culture and change the direction that DC franchise was going in films, and he did what he had to do. Cavill didn't have a contract. It's that simple. It's that simple. Next, he lied about Affleck. Okay, <coughs> now this comes down to, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> yeah, I feel like Hillary Clinton right now. <coughs> Did you see that video where she just like coughing for like five minutes? Anyway, so they're talking about this aspect when it comes to or, uh, Affleck or Gunn in December of 2022. In December of 2022, he was doing an interview and, and or maybe it was on Twitter, said that he spoke with Affleck and he's excited and, and they want to find something for him to be part of the DCU in some capacity. 
That's what Gunn said. So my guess, because my guess is just as good as all of yours guess, is that, yeah, he spoke to Affleck. He probably spoke to him and said, hey, we're planning on some things. Are you interested in being Batman? Or maybe it was, look, we're moving in a different direction with Batman, but we'd love for you to direct. And Affleck said, sure, hit me up whenever you, you have some time. We can talk about it. That's probably the conversation that happened or something similar to that. Then in February, Affleck is doing an interview and he says, no, I'm not doing that with it. I'm not doing anything with DCU. No, no, James Gunn, no, I'm not doing it. And he you know, really pushes it off like, no, I would never, I would never work with James Gunn is kind of how he, his demeanor was with it. Well, fans then took that as, well, obviously James Gunn was lying in December that Affleck ever said that he would want to direct or work with them. No, that's not the case because there's almost two months of time separating these two events. And in those weeks, in that, those, what, six to eight week time frame, there could have been a conversation with Gunn and Affleck where that was when Affleck decided, no, I don't want to do it. So to sit there and say that he lied about Affleck, we don't have all of the information. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't seem to grasp and understand is you need to have all this information. You need to have a better understanding, a strong understanding on how things work in the world and how conversations happen. And like I said, we don't have all the information. So could he have lied about Affleck? Sure. But do we know for a fact that he lied about Affleck? No, we don't. There's no proof, there's no evidence that he lied that he spoke with Affleck about possibly doing something. And the way the, the, way the, the industry works, I would lean more towards Gunn and believing him because that's how things happen. He took over the studio, he reached out to the previous players that were part of the universe, probably just to say, hey, this is what's going on with the character, thank you for your time, but hey, I'd love to work with you, in a, work with you again in some capacity, what do you say? And they say, sure, call me up later down, down the line. And maybe he did call him up down the line at some point. Maybe it's Affleck who's lying at that point. Maybe Affleck lied to Gunn and he had no intentions of working with him. And then he just states that in his interview in February. Regardless, what, what I'm showcasing here is we don't have all the facts. So you could just as easily say that Affleck lied to, to Gunn as saying Gunn lied to the fans there. And that's all I'm getting at. That's all I'm getting at. So to sit there and push this narrative that he lied about Affleck, you can't. There's no basis there's no factual proof that he lied about Affleck number three lied about Godot <clears throat> now this one is interesting because I don't think that he purposely lied about Godot to swindle or or you know make fans believe that Godot was going to stay forever uh, I, I know that the initial comments that he made were that he was working with with Gal Gadot on, a, on another Wonder Woman film. It was never said Wonder Woman 3. It just said he was working, he would be working with Godot on another Wonder Woman movie. And tabloids and fans and everybody ran with, oh, they're making Wonder Woman 3. Gal Gadot's staying in the DCU. Well, we've learned since then that, you know, Godot had, what, two cameos since then? So it makes sense that the way that they were talking about Gal and talking about the character, it was more along the lines of, like, yeah, we don't want to ruin and get people excited about a new Wonder Woman before the final Wonder Woman cameo appears. That's a possibility. Uh, and I think that's more likely of how it was and why it happened that way. And I honestly think that 
maybe they were having discussions about bringing her into the DCU, but maybe after that happened, after some of those discussions they had, it just kind of fell apart. Uh, maybe because they realized and decided, you know what, we just need to give a brand new Justice League moving forward, plain and simple. Uh, again, is it a lie? Yeah, but it wasn't a lie that was uh, to hurt anyone. They weren't trying to get under the, the audience's skin. I think it was just to basically secure her cameos would be successful in the upcoming movies. Uh, then this one couldn't even do a full reboot properly. First off, first off, we haven't seen anything about it, so we can't even sit there and say if the the reboot, the quote unquote reboot, is done successfully or not. Uh, but it was never going to be a full reboot since James Gunn has been in there. He's never stated that they're rebooting completely the DCU or the DCU. Uh, so what he is doing is exactly what he has intended to do. So this isn't really a negative on him. He was hired to do a job, and he's doing his job. You're just twisting and making this narrative that you believe there should have been a complete full reboot when he's never stated that was going to happen, and he's doing exactly what he was hired to do. Uh, not to mention we haven't seen anything. So to sit there and push this idea and this narrative that he's bad at his job because he can't do something right that we've not even seen, and he can't do something right that he was precisely hired to do it's just ass nine uh gave into nepotism this this is the most ridiculous most ridiculous thing here so nepotism is basically favoring friends and family and people that you know over people that you don't know in a, in a sense like if you want to look at the the real um the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives friends and associates especially giving them jobs okay that's that's what that means and yeah sure okay so he likes to work with his friends and family and those that he's close with uh, he's even stated in interviews that he likes to surround himself with people that love him and that appreciate what he does don't we all like that where we work don't we like to work with friends don't we like to work with people that like us that we like it makes working a lot easier doesn't it doesn't it not to mention that i'm not going to talk about the the creature commandos that's a little bit different but out of the cast that has been officially announced for superman legacy out of eight officially casted announced cast members five of them are character actors he's never worked with before i i, I mean i so to sit there and say gave into nepotism it's a really first off it's a really idiotic take because He's not the only director to ever work with a actor multiple times. Christopher Nolan, look at what he's done. He worked with Christian Bale multiple times. Chillian Murphy, Killian Murphy, Chillian, <laughs> Killian Murphy, uh, you know, the great Michael Caine who just recently retired. So many actors Christopher Nolan has worked with on multiple occasions. You have, take a look at Quentin Tarantino. Look at Kevin Smith. I could go on with all these directors. Steven Spielberg they've all worked with similar actors in some capacity because they like working with them. They like having that, that, uh, you know, ability to know what you're getting out of a character and they're a friend and working with your friends is a lot more fun than working with people that you don't know and you aren't very friendly with. It's just plain and simple. So to sit there and act like this is a big deal, it really isn't. Even if he hires his wife in the movies, in the shows 
Who cares? Who cares? Like, it's not a big deal. As long as she's decent in the role, if she's good in the role, if it works, then why does it matter? It doesn't. It doesn't. Had four DC films flop under his management and notes. Now, what they're saying here is had four DC films flop under his management. So that would be Shazam, that would be The Flash, that would be Blue Beetle, and yeah, there's only three. Black Adam isn't under him. Uh, Aquaman has yet to be released, so we don't know if that's going to be a flop. But, yeah, they flopped. Massively, all three of them, unfortunately. Uh, I think Flash was good. Blue Beetle was great. Shazam wasn't bad. I like Shazam. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still good. And notes. And basically because he gave notes and some of the post-production, some of the aspects for the, the post-credit scenes, and so on. And he's making it sound like, or they're making it sound like, it's because of what James Gunn did that these movies flopped. Let's face it. His notes were very few and far between <coughs> with these films. Even if it's a post-credit scene, a post-credit scene isn't going to make a movie flop. Uh, a joke here or there isn't going to make a, a movie flop that is written by somebody else. So to sit there and say that James Gunn, first off, who had nothing to do with the production of any of these movies, with the exception of giving some notes and maybe ideas for post-credit, make-credit scenes, uh, to say that he's the reason why these failed is really idiotic because he didn't do anything and if you want to sit there and say oh well he announced his dcu so it made people not care no no let's take a look at all the films prior to his announcement they were flopping as well they were the dcu what dceu was flopping prior to james gunn coming in birds of prey uh, black adam i'm gonna say the suicide squad financially flopped yes uh, critically, it was it was very very loved, but financially flopped, and you know all of those movies did not succeed financially. So to sit there and say James Gunn coming in is the reason why, there's more evidence that points that the fans just don't care about the DCEU anymore in any capacity, and it doesn't matter who would have been in charge if it was Zack Snyder in charge, if it was Christopher Nolan, if it was Justin Lin, if it was Walter Hamada, these movies would have failed and would have flopped just the same. It's plain and simple. You just want to throw that negativity and throw that failure on James Gunn to help push your narrative. Number seven, had his Guardians of One Galaxy, Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy One writers ex, writers exploitation exposed, exposed, exposed. I can't talk. Uh, you mean how he rewrote nearly the entire script and just like most directors and writers pushed to have someone taken off the credits who had very little to do with the final product. This happens all the time in Hollywood with almost every single movie. Movies constantly have multiple writers. And here's the thing. What some people don't know is you may get a film that was written by one, one person. And before it gets to being filmed, it could go through a dozen other writers. It could go like, oh, this idea is good. We like how this character gets to this point but we don't like everything in the middle so then they go to another writer oh it's good except for some of this so they take it to another writer oh really another writer it happens all the time the thing is, is to be credited on a film as a writer there are certain points of criteria that has to be met from that writer from that script something like 25 30 percent of what that person wrote needs to be in that movie in some form or fashion in the finished product 
uh, to to be credited as a writer, to be credited as a co-writer. You know, it's different to be credited as a producer. Or this, there are different stipulations that have to be met to be credited on a film. Now, this writer, to me, it feels like, you know, the way she spoke about it has some vendetta against James Gunn. And it wasn't a good look for that book. That book, that Marvel book that just recently came out, The Reign of Marvel. It's a good book, but that was just not a good look for that section because it really seemed like you know, you're attacking a Marvel director who's been massively successful in Marvel. And with everything going on right now, I just don't think it was really necessary to do what they did there. Uh, but again, it happens all the time. The WGA rules are a little confusing, especially to people outside of Hollywood. James Gunn was still relatively new at the time in Hollywood. You can't forget that. And he felt like he, pro he probably felt like he did enough to not have her on it. Again, we don't know all the details. We just know that she was pissed off that she was almost not put on it. And she did what she was supposed to do, took it to arbitration and won and got put on it. Happens all the time. So again, you're, you're pulling something from the past that has very little to do with anything just to sit there and say, James Gunn looks bad when it happens more than 50% of the time in Hollywood. It's just pathetic. It's pathetic. So I ask, I'm putting this out to all of you. Give me some more that I can poke holes in because I've poked holes in everything. I've proven why all of this is not accurate or why you can't utilize these arguments to make James Gunn look bad. This isn't about me defending James Gunn. This is about me defending the DC brand. I want to see the DC brand build. I want to see the DCU, the DCU succeed. I want to see it be an amazing franchise and, most importantly, an amazing fandom where we can all get together and have great conversation. But when you keep doing stuff like this, you're getting new fans who could be coming into it. You're getting them brought right into a toxic environment where they then become rude and mean and toxic because they don't understand the whole story. Or you're getting people that don't even want to be part of the fandom and thus don't even go and see the movies because they see all this bullcrap that isn't true. And that's why I like to point this stuff out. So let me know. If you have any more, please share them in the comments. I will happily take a look at them. And, uh, you know, hey, look, if things pan out that it is true and that he was a liar, this or that, I'll call him out. I will easily call him out, just as I would with anybody. But this is all, this is all bullcrap. All bullcrap. It really is. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why people are so adamant about making him look bad. Because it's not going to bring the Snyderverse back. It's not going to do what you think it does. But, look, what do I know, right? What do I know? With all that said, guys, hit that like button, hit subscribe, and I'll talk to all of you later.